Welcome to Broker to Broker, brought to you by AIM, the Association of Independent Mortgage Experts. If you haven't listened yet, Broker to Broker dives into the nitty gritty of the mortgage business by interviewing independent brokers and loan originators just like me. Hope you enjoy the show. Today's episode is brought to you by Remen Wholesale. Expand your product with Remen Wholesale's renovation and non-QM lending products. Both renovation and non-QM can make and save deals. Remen Wholesale provides the knowledge, expertise, and complete support needed to get renovation and non-QM loans to the finish line. Let Remen help you close more deals. Get connected today by logging into the AIM member portal at brokersarebetter.com. Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the Broker to Broker podcast. My name is Mark Summers. I am the president of AIM. Also, I have my own broker shop uh, here in Michigan uh, called Priority Mortgage Lending. Uh, but today, I'm really excited. Uh, this person... I've met many a times. Uh, we've been, we've had many communications. We've also had some technical difficulties that we've worked through together, you know, and I always say about our broker community, people that adapt are the best ones and she definitely adapted on this one. So today I'm gonna be interviewing a mortgage broker with Nexa Mortgage. Her name is Whitley Cooper. Whitley, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Mark. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> Yes, yes, no, definitely. So um, I, I think, uh, you know, and I'm okay with saying this, uh, and I don't know the story yet, but I think I have to insert foot and mouth here. And the reason why I say that is um, every time I do this, I love to hear people's, you know, introduction into the mortgage world. I said, I haven't met a person yet. I said, oh, I want to be a mortgage broker. Or You're groomed to be a mortgage person. And I think uh, if I'm not mistaken, you have that story. So why don't you tell us about your, your background and how you got started in this industry? So yeah, I've been in this industry or around this industry in some capacity my entire life. Um, I mean, I wasn't necessarily groomed, but it was, it almost came natural. Um, I remember being a child on the way to Disney World and my mom was in the front seat of the car taking people's loan applications on a paper napkin. And we had to be quiet in the back seat. And so we know how that, we know how that goes. And so I was introduced to this lifestyle at a very young age. Um, but yeah, she's a, she's a real estate broker and a mortgage broker. And so I've always been around the industry. And my first professional job was actually working with a real estate attorney at the age of 19 while I was in college. So I was putting together the closing packages, um, filing the paperwork, administrative tasks. Um, so I got to see the real estate side, the mortgage side, and then the closing and title aspect of it. Um, but then I went off to college and got a degree in communication with an emphasis in journalism, because of course I had to do my own thing first. Right, right. <laughs> and so I had dreams of becoming a news anchor. And then when I really sat down and thought about it, it wasn't really what I wanted to do at that point. And it was kind of like a light bulb that hit me. Like, wait a second. I think I want to do mortgages. Um, I was never pushed to do it, even though I was always around the industry. Um, it just, it had to come natural for me to, you know, really take it on and be serious about it, which I was, and I love it. That's, that's awesome. So, so right when you got, you know, right when you realized you didn't want to be a journalist anymore, per se, did you hop into your current broker shop or what was your, what was your path to get there? So once I, after I graduated college, I actually had my son. And so I took a little bit of time off to be a mom in full mom mode. But I mean, being a stay-at-home mom is like the hardest thing ever. So I needed to go to work. Fair <laughs> Going enough. To work was easier for me than being a stay-at-home mom. <laughs> um, but I appreciated that time that I had with my son. And so, um, but I did get my license. And I, you know, I took the course, got my license. And 
I went straight into working with a mortgage broker. It's all I know. It's all I've done. And I kind of pride myself on that. That's, that's awesome. And, and so you're with Nexa, like we said, how long have you been with Nexa? I've been with Nexa since September of 2021. So I guess, you know, a little bit less than a year now. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Well, talk to me about, you know, talk to me about your processes here real quick. So people love to hear this part, especially now that, uh, you know, like times have slowed down a little bit and, and I tell it's more like just getting back to the grind and doing, doing things that we were actually really good at. You know what I mean? So talk to me about your process. So you have a, you have a borrower that calls you and says, Hey, I'm interested in a mortgage, right? I don't think you're using napkins anymore because I don't, I, I don't think the state and the auditors would appreciate napkins, <laughs> but, but tell, tell me, tell me what's your process right now to, to get a, to, to get a client from start to finish. Um, so when the client calls me, um, I make that, I always have that initial contact. I love to build the rapport up front so that I can get any questions or worries or concerns that they have out of the way and get those answered. And then I direct them to my online mortgage application link, not a napkin, yeah, perfect. Uh, <laughs> to, to get their information filled out um, and they'll get documents uploaded. And so then once that happens, you know, I go in, I review those documents. I do have an LOA who helps um, make sure that we collect all the documents and everything comes in that's needed. She helps me pull credit. And then, um, you know, I, I take a look at all the information myself to calculate the income and then reach out to the borrower to let them know, hey, here's how much you're pre-approved for, here's where you stand, or here's what you need to work on to get pre-approved. That is the most important part to me. And I communicate that with them upfront. When you complete your application, one of two things is gonna happen. Either number one, I let you know how much you're approved for, or number two, I let you know what you need to work on to get pre-approved. So that either way, you have a game plan to move forward. And when I say that, I can feel the tension just fall from them because they're nervous and they don't, they've never done this process before, possibly. And so when they find out that they're going to have a game plan or a roadmap either way, then it helps ease that process and ease uh, and relieve them a lot. But um, back into the process where I you know, collect documents, let them know how to move forward. And then I communicate that information with the realtor also. I always ask, where'd you come from? Um, who sent you to me? So just to make sure that if it came from a realtor, it always gets back to that realtor. Um, and then I let them know, you know where their client is and how they can move forward from there. That's perfect. That's perfect. And then uh, you guys have your own process with Nexa. I, I'm pretty sure. Now, do you do like what? How do you how do you break yourself away from just the norm in terms of being an individual and you know showing the client the love so they will come back to you? I mean, I know it's got to be some post closing stuff. Um, I mean, what do you do after closing? Do you do any follow up calls, mailer? I don't. I don't know. I'm just asking. I love to hear this from people because right now I think it's more important than ever. Yeah. So post-closing, you know, I have, I have emails that go out to them, but I also like to stay in touch and engaged with my clients through Facebook. You know, I friend them on Facebook and I see what's going on in their life. I comment on that. I interact with them way past our closing date. And, you know, if I've posted pictures or they posted pictures on Facebook when their closing happens, that also sends me another reminder to shoot them something. This is, you know, happy home anniversary or, you know, when people have, when they have milestones in their life, like they, they're growing their family, they've had a baby or they've gotten engaged. 
I send them out handwritten cards. Congratulations on this event. Um, this is years after they've closed on a home um, to stay engaged with them. And I really think of a lot of them as family because we're they're like Facebook aunties and uncles, like to my child who <laughs> I post pictures of and they always comment on too. And so that that's really how I like to stay engaged uh, with my clients afterwards. You know, and I think that's that's extremely important for people to understand. It's it's uh, uh, it's not a thirty day transaction that we're talking about here. You know, what I mean, we're uh, it, it once once you know, I think the the greatest brokers that we have, they realize that it's a lifelong transaction. You know, what I mean, and, and you're doing that right there, and that's like I'm so glad you said that because that's one piece of advice I want to give to everyone. It's hey, Facebook them. It's super simple. Even if. Uh, it's so important, even if you just send them a note, happy birthday, hey, congratulations on the birth of another child, whatever the case may be, just separating yourself just that little bit to always be top of mind with them. But also knowing that they're real human beings and you know they just weren't a number, they just weren't put through the spin cycle, you know what I mean? And then boom, they have a mortgage and then you're done with them. So I love the fact that you that you did like a lifelong process with them and that's how you're gonna continue to get referrals. That's how you're gonna continue to be that individual person. So that's awesome and great for you. So Whitley, I wanna I wanna shift gears here a little little bit because um, I, I don't know if there's technically been an announcement, but you know, one of the big things and not trying to steal your show here that AIM is doing and trying to do is, you know, we really want this member driven. So we have created many committees, right? And these committees are gonna be the driving force for this association, the voice for this association. So we can make sure that we are hearing the voice of our members and our brokers to move forward. So Whitley, you're on a committee. I am. A, I'm. A not only on a committee, I am the chairperson of Ames Black Home Ownership Committee. Oh my gosh, and I'm so excited and honored <laughs> to have this position um, and to work with so many of you all in order to uh, help solve a problem that has existed for way too long. And I'm honored to be a part of an organization like AIM who's putting the work in to really make a difference and, and an impact. And I'm I'm happy to be a part of it and I'm ready to get started and, and make a really big impact um, with helping black homeowners um, reduce the, the wealth and the home ownership gap that we currently have right now. That's perfect. So have you have you named a, a, a co-chair yet or a vice chair? So, yes, Arlesia Jones is the co-chair. I couldn't be more excited to have her on the team uh, with us. And what we're working on right now is solidifying the rest of the committee members. Um, so that's our immediate goal. And we're in the process of putting together a really amazing, dedicated group of people who um, are really just looking forward to tackling the issues that we have at hand. That's perfect. Yeah. So, you know, that when 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 I started this association, I mean, God, I think it's like four and a half years ago now, which is crazy to me. Uh, but but with that being said, it's like I've always told people I'm not a dictator by any means. That's just not my personality. I want I want all my people around me, you know what I mean, that are gonna help push push certain topics along. And and obviously with the uh, black home ownership committee, this is this is something that was needed. This is something that I'm glad that you're heading up the charge on. But as the as the chairwoman, um, what are some of your goals? Tell me some of your goals. I mean, you guys got to have something going here. Yeah, for sure. Um, some of the goals that we're looking towards right now is so many of us have been doing the work that it takes on a local and individual level. So this committee gives us the opportunity to put that work together, organize it, 
and have a larger impact on it. Um, and then to make change at not only the local level where we know it's needed in our own communities, but on a national level through, uh, through, through government and policy changes and the regulation changes that need to be made to trickle down to the local level. Because the disparity in black home ownership right now is a trickle effect from redlining. I mean, acts that were put in place way, I mean, in like the 1960s and we're still seeing the effects of it today. And so we're the work that we're trying to do is to undo it. That's perfect. Now, I, I, I have my own answer for this, but I want to hear it from you. So mm -hmm. why why is it why is it important to have diversity here? Oh, I mean, I could go on for days on this, but I'll try to I'll try to keep it. Go, like, just within, go. <laughs> go, the, go. The I mean, first off, it adds value to our communities, having diversity and inclusion. Um, we're bringing in people from our communities that we may not have worked with before that may not look like us. And when you do that, you are a broadening your own horizon because we don't know everything and hearing from other people, uh, women, veterans, um, minorities, um, our LGBTQ brothers and sisters. And when we bring them in to work with us and to bounce ideas off of, we're opening ourselves to a world that we've never experienced before and things we might not have thought about before because we just didn't have those life experiences ourselves and at the end of the day it increases our value in our businesses and it also increases our profit because a lot of times people also feel more com comfortable working with people who have the same shared experiences or who may look like them and so when we have that and that representation matters it it helps everybody because it does take all of us to make a difference. Um, so, and with the Black Home Ownership Committee, it's not just about working with Black people. It's about including everybody because it takes all of us to really make this change that needs to happen. It kind of goes back to I, I, when we did um, when we did Fuse Virtual, you know, due due to COVID. You know, I was on a panel and I was able to to ask questions on it about, you know, just your community and not just a diverse community, but just community period. And one thing that you hit the nail on the head was one thing that I learned real fast and kind of what I've always believed in was, I, you know, if you put your community first and do certain things, you will, you know, not willing, well, how can I say this? You will receive profit on the back end of it. You know what I mean? It's, it's not the other way around. You don't do this for profit. If you just do it because you're a good person, you have a good heart, all this stuff, you know, you're, you're the, that you will see gains from monetary profit involved with it, but that's not the sole focus. And that's kind of what you're saying here. Right, right. Because when you put people first, the rest, the rest comes. That's not the end goal. The end goal is to be a good person and do the right thing right. and everything else follows. It's funny. I, I just did a quote like that or something. I'm I'm on some panel, but I just said, if you put the client first, everything else falls into place. Don't mm -hmm. put yourself first. Don't put your comp first. Everything, everything will be okay. So that's awesome. So, all right. So I'm, I'm up here in Michigan, um, you know, and you're, you're, you're the chair of the black home ownership committee. What piece of advice or what could I be actively doing in my community to, to help push this? You know, one way to really help black owner, black homeowners is a, we all know education is important. Um, the wealth, the, the home ownership gap in our country is extremely significant um, with about 
I think a little bit over 40% of black people in America are homeowners and the with white Americans, it's about 75%. And so a get providing the education to folks who need it and kind of circling back to something I said earlier is if, if someone's not approved right now, letting them know what they need to do to get approved is really making the difference because they will go to a, a lot of them go to a big banks. There is either approved or denied situation. And if they're not approved, they're not told what to do to get there. And usually it's just a, it's like pay down one credit card or something very minor, but if they don't know what to do, you then there's no way really to move forward. Yeah. And so and being actively involved in your community, um, in diverse groups, you have the Urban League, you have the NAACP, there's organizations out there that are actively trying to increase home ownership. So becoming involved in those organizations, teaching home ownership classes, that helps as well. And then also just, I think it's directly correlated to helping black homeowners is to having more people in the industry who look like you as well. So making sure that you're hiring diverse talent within your within your organization and businesses also helps as well um because then you'll also see an increase in black homeowners who may want to or feel more comfortable working with somebody who looks like them so having black mlos or more black brokers also helps as well yeah there's there's obviously a lot that that can be done there uh the one thing that that resonates with me um, and I'm doing a lot of resignation with you right now, but uh, one thing that resonates with me is just the education side of it. It's not, Hey, you're done. You know what I mean? Sorry, you're not approved. Move along. It's, it's, it's more or less like, okay, you're not, but this is what we can do. Let's put a game plan together. Um, I think more than ever right now, what brokers should be doing and need to be doing is educating. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's the same path you're going down. Yeah. And I, I feel like working with a broker over, um, someone who works at a big bank or a call center um, loan office is, I feel like brokers are more, we're, we're on the, we're boots on the ground. We're in the local communities We're I feel like we're more personable because a lot of folks, when they, when they come to speak with someone about getting approved for a loan, they are nervous. They are thinking like, this is, this is, this is the bank. You're the lender. Um, I can't say anything or do anything, but I, I let people know, like, look, you're, I know you're comfortable with your realtor. They have the home. I have the loan. We're all on the home buying team together to help you see this through. I want them to look at me like that as well. Um, so that they're not thinking, oh, like I can't say anything or talk to her. No, like, let me know what's going on. Cause that's the only way that I can help you. So, yeah. I see every time I do one of these, I always think of like new t-shirts we should be made. You know what I mean? And I'd love to have it for our realtor partners that says I have the home. You know, priority mortgage has the loan. I like that. Yes. I love that. All right. Sorry. I'm stealing it. Sorry. I'm just letting you know. Well, give me one. Right give now. me it. Send me a t-shirt if you make that. <laughs> <laughs> you you got it. Um, one thing that you're that that uh this committee and 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 you are using um is our Spark program right now. Uh Spark is a unique program. It's it's another nonprofit side of AIM that that we have that you know focuses on minorities, uh women in mortgage and uh military, right? So Talk to me about how you guys are going to use Spark with, with the committee that you're on. You know, first I have to say, when I saw the announcement for Spark, um, when it first rolled out over a year ago, I had chills up my body. That's very dramatic, but that's how I felt at the time. <laughs> because I'm like, this is 
this is needed. This is going to help so many people to be able to start their own mortgage company and have such a great impact in their community. So the way that we're using Spark to help the Black Homeownership Committee is, you know, through the Spark program, um, like you said, we're helping veterans, women, and minorities start their own mortgage company. And one thing that minorities have such a hard time doing when it's time to open a business is getting access to the capital to do that. And so the Spark program completely handles that. They get the capital to folks who need it or who may have had trouble getting it in the past to open their own company, but not only giving the capital because that's just one side of the coin. We know that when businesses start, that a lot of them don't last or succeed because they don't have the structures in place. They don't have the operations in place, or they just don't have the knowledge or education to keep it going. So Spark takes care of providing the grant to potential and upcoming mortgage brokers, but then also giving them the education by providing mentors that have already been in this industry and are well-established to help guide the Spark participants along their way to make sure they have a lasting and sustainable business that's going to um, surpass so many that that weren't able to make it because they didn't have the tools to succeed. Yeah, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. When we released this program, I, don't get me wrong, I was excited about it, right? I was like, oh, great. And I, I remember reading, no joke, hundreds of applications, right, and business plans. And we had a lot of people helping us. And it was like, okay, we have a lot of people I'm not trying to be mean here, but I was like, we have a lot of people that want money, right? Okay. Um, you know what I mean? But then when we gave these awards, it was like a two-step process for me where it's like, oh my God, we just made a difference. You know what I mean? Our team just made a difference. And then it even went a step further when I, I we were able to award a lot of them and meet a lot of them at Fuse last year. You know what I mean? And just, it was life-changing. And it was like, it was... I didn't realize the impact that we had until I, I felt it and it was it was surreal and it was rewarding and I was like, all right, what are we doing next round of spark applicants? Let's go. Let's let's, let's get more people. So no, I, I'm glad that you're going to help help us push that out there and you're going to use this committee to to help push it as well because it's needed. Yeah, and it, it's two sided. I mean, it is it is about getting the money to be able to start the businesses because Sometimes the capital just isn't available for some people, but also having the, I mean, the powerhouse that is AIM behind you, you can't fail. You can't. I mean, AIM is doing things that, I mean, I have not seen any organization do before. And you know, Mark, before we got on this interview, I I wanted to go back and check to see how long, um, you know, I've been a part of like the faith, the brokers are better Facebook group because a part of my, I'm, I'm circling back around at the beginning of the interview real quick. Go ahead, go ahead, because go ahead. When I started in this industry, I was licensed in 2017, okay? In March of 2017, I closed my first deal like around August or September, okay? The first two were the same week. One was with Remen and one was with, one was with UWM, both AIM partners. <laughs> so I feel like I've started this the way that I, I'm supposed to according to the AIM playbook, okay? <laughs> but um, I was looking on Facebook for groups just of like-minded people because it's easy to feel like we're in this bubble when we're you know, mortgage brokers or MLOs working from home or any office that we're at. Um, I was looking for a sense of community and I was searching Facebook. I found the original Brokers Are Better Brawl Facebook page back in, and I became a member in October of 2017. And then I went and looked back and saw that the group had actually started in August of 2017. So I found the group as soon as I was started in the industry. And really, as soon as the group started, 
And I mean, I just followed it all the way up until where we are today, which is about five years later and seen it grow. And I've seen the way it's helped so many people um, leverage the the resources that AIM has been able to provide to grow their business. And it's been phenomenal and it's helped me so much too. And I couldn't be more thankful. Well, I'm glad. And, and thank you for, thank you for the kind words. I, you know, it, I never saw this becoming what it is. Um, it, and it wasn't done solely by me or another person or two other people it was done by our phenomenal team. You know what I mean? So I want to give them a shout out because they help, help us push this, you know, and, and it's not just a one man, two man, 10 man show. It's, it's, it's a lot of people. And it's also a lot of our members and, you know, that that's, what's so powerful about this community. That's what's so powerful about all these people is they bring new agendas. They bring us new ideas that we then can share with everyone else. So that's why, you know, we always talk about the three pillars of aim, you know, protect, support, grow. And I, I live in that support area because it's my most favorite, you know what I mean? Cause it's like, I never saw this coming. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's been exponential. Yeah. All right. So, you know, during these times, I, I don't like to bring this up, but I do like to bring it up uh, because you, you see a lot of things on social media. You see, oh, no, rates are at an all-time high in the last eight years, whatever, even though they're still good. You know yeah. what I mean? They're still good. We're just not spoiled right now. So it is a, a slightly higher interest rate environment, although they're coming down. Our partners are doing wonderful things to help us. Um, what's your take on this? I mean, like, are you doing a freak out? Are you like, nope, let's grow. Let's, you know, let's dominate. Let's do certain things. Where, where are you at with this slightly higher interest rate environment? You know what, when, when all the news articles and outlets started to really push, um, rates are, rates are at all time high. They're going up, they're going up, they're going up. You know, I almost got caught up in it for a second, but I really had to catch myself dust my shoulders off and remember who I am and what I'm about. Because my business has always been primary residence, purchase focused transactions. And we all know that this is cyclical. It's, it, it goes around and around. There's ups and there's downs. And so interest rates are, they're, they're fine. They're still fine. Like, and to me, they're, this isn't like a very Habib, like, um, this is just my opinion. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Um, they're just back where they were before the pandemic. Yeah. They're not that much different than pre pandemic rates and people were, were still buying homes. Then they're still buying them. Now there's still business out there to be had. There's still people out there purchasing homes. Um, I'm not scared basically long story short. Um, it's easy to get caught up in the media and people getting nervous about it because of, you know, what they've read or what they saw or what their aunt said who bought a house. Ten We're the professionals and we have to guide people along this and let them know that, look, yes, you can refinance later. This is how you leverage the equity in your home. These are your options. Let's not get so caught up on the rate that you aren't building actual wealth and equity for your family for years to come. Um, this is the, I show people the long game, the long picture. This is right now, but here's where you can be in a couple of years. I mean, I had somebody who he got clear to close on his home and then he just got complete cold feet and wanted to back out of the transaction. I'm like, look, let's look at where you are right now. Here's what you're paying in rent. It's more than what your mortgage payment is going to be. So let's let's not get caught up on these things. And here's how much you paid on that rent when, as you've been in that home for the past five years. And this is what that could have 
bend towards your equity in your home. So, you know, our job is to stay cool, calm and collected and help guide people through this process the best we can. So, no, I'm not scared. Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not either. I mean, I, I was scared of the jumps that were happening so fast, mm -hmm. but we knew they were coming. You know what I mean? It is, as long as you're good at what you do, you knew they were coming. Like it, it was all over. Right. And then it was also kind of educating your clients and your pre-approvals. This is what's happening. You know what I mean? So, you know, you, you make your own decision. This is where I feel, but then, you know, I always go back to this is, is like, we all started this business at one time and you know, it's like, what are your roots? Like, where, where'd you come from? How did you gain your book of business? All you got to kind of do is get back to it. Number mm -hmm. two is all the clients that you have right now. I still feel rates are going to come back down. Never to that high twos, low threes again. I mean, if you want my honest opinion, but those are referral. I mean, a uh, refi, uh, you know, clients that you're going to have. And number three, this is the one that gets me all the time is right now. Mortgage brokers are a little over 20% of the entire market. So there's a lot of business out there. You just got to kind of go hunt for it now a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. And going back to your original book of business and making sure you're fostering all those relationships, checking in with somebody who you may not have checked in with in a while um, or and, and going through those folks that you may have given a game plan to. They needed to get their credit together or they needed to, you know, get some more, get their assets up, checking back in with those folks seeing how they're doing and, and because they may be ready to go too. And um, that's, I found that a lot lately is checking back in with those folks who are doing the work to prepare to get ready. Um, they actually are ready now. And so they can move forward. Perfect. Perfect. All right, Willie, last question. I know you're busy. Um, I know you have a dentist appointment, I think with one of your kids coming up here. So I got it. We know we got to get you going. Uh, but with that, with that being said, let's just say you're on the stage of fuse this year, which we're, expecting a great turnout. If you haven't gotten your fuse tickets, please let us know. Uh, but with that being said, you're up there, you have the mic and you get to give one piece of advice to the entire community. I know I'm putting you on a spot here, but what is it? You know, the first thing that comes to mind is to always stay true to yourself. Um, this business is hectic. It can be, it can be stressful at times too, but if you stay grounded, take time for yourself, which I know is also hard to do in this industry, then you'll be fine. Stay grounded and put people first, make it an effort to help as many people as you possibly can. And you'll always be fine. Love it. Love it. Love it. Don't be someone else. You're not that you're not, you know what I mean? Okay. Like that's, we all can't be certain people. Be yourself. You know, people will really like yourself. So no, really, this is awesome. Thank you so much for for all of your time uh, dealing with all of our technical difficulties that we had, and you bounced right through it. You, we made it through. You know, <laughs> we did it. We did it. I was I was a little nervous going into this because if, if if everyone listening could have saw what we went through uh, yesterday, you would be like, "There's no way this is happening." But uh, and I'll say a lot of it was my fault. But with that being said, thank you and and thanks for joining our podcast today. All right. Thank you, Mark. No problem. So brokers, if you want to be caught up on all of our past podcast episodes, please head over to aimgroup.com backslash broker to broker. You can listen to all of our broker to broker past podcast episodes on iTunes, Apple, Spotify, anywhere else we can uh, get podcasts and listen to them. Uh, but basically, please do me a favor, subscribe to it, leave a, leave a review. It helps us get the word out there that brokers are better. Whitley, you're definitely one of them. And thank you so much for being on a committee giving your time and doing everything you can, not only for, you know, our community, uh, but, uh, but the committee community that you're going to be a part of. Thanks. I appreciate it.
right. See everyone. Brokers, are you looking for the best resources to succeed? The AIM member portal is your one-stop destination for everything you need. Submit and track AIM escalations for high-level loan issues, join the referral list, change AEs, and obtain exclusive discounts. And you'll have access to over 50 AIM lenders and vendors. Don't wait. Sign up today at brokersarebetter.com.